Asia Pacific currents. News and labor issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday, the fifteenth of October. You're listening to Community Radio 3CR, and I'm Giselle Hanna, taking you through to nine thirty this morning. Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links, and if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on the web or the w's.aawl.org.au. We're on Facebook and Twitter, so you can contact us or reach us on those social media platforms as well. You can also email us at aawl@aawl.org.au. And if you're very, very keen, and I'm not sure anybody is anymore, you definitely can still ring us on nine double six three seven two double seven. Those are all the ways you can get in touch with Australia Asia Worker Links. So、uh, much happening in the Asia Pacific region. Of course, many of you will have caught up on the news that、um, King Ponipon has passed away. That is the King of Thailand.、Um, it is. You also will have noticed that AAWL hasn't put out a statement yet,、um, but we are waiting to see. Well, not waiting, but.、Um, Definitely a time for caution at the moment as the、um, situation in Thailand realigns itself.、Um, we've been watching the situation closely. We've been speaking with our comrades that are in exile、um, and comrades in neighbouring countries just to、uh, make sure that people are safe during this.、Um, Very precarious time in that country. I'm not going to have a news item for you in the roundup this morning. But I did want to acknowledge that yes, <laughs> we do know that he has died.、Um, the whole country has been waiting for this particular occurrence, and it's going to be、um, some some interesting. And I don't say that to minimise the the danger that people might be、um, in at the moment, but it is going to be some interesting times in Thailand at the moment. I am going to go to. Oh, let me tell you what's coming up in the second part of the show.、Um, Pierre has、uh, done an interview with Walsan Liam. She is the director of the International Affairs Department of the Korean Public Service Union.、Um, you,、uh, we've been reporting on the massive general strike or the or the massive strike in industrial action in the railway sector. But now truck drivers as well. So we're going to talk to、uh, Walsan about what's happening in those particular disputes, but also in the、um, Korean labour movement more broadly. I know, and I'm going to repeat again: the Korean labour movement is in the fight of its life,、um, and so these disputes are really, really significant. So we'll、um, have that story in the second part of the program. But first up, as always, news from around the region. This week. 22 migrant workers were killed in the eastern city of Wenzhou in Zhejiang Province in China when the four buildings they were sleeping in suddenly collapsed in the middle of the night. The buildings had already been condemned for demolition, but the owners were renting them out to migrant workers employed in the nearby factories as sleeping quarters. A tragedy like this once again highlights that the cost of China's industrial expansion has been borne by its workers, who are forced to endure long hours, low pay, and face hazardous conditions both at their workplaces and in their living quarters. 
Moving now to the Philippines, the use of death squads and extrajudicial killings in the Philippines under President Duarte's war on drugs is increasing the dangers for labour and human rights activists. In the last week, a number of peasant activists were arrested on the pretext of being drug runners, while Jimmy Saipan, a former leader and anti-mining advocate, was killed by unidentified men in New Visayas. The involvement of the police and military in creating these hit lists or carrying out the killings is now clearly apparent. The war on drugs is now fast becoming a genocide. In South Korea, the transport workers' strike that began earlier this week is holding firm against increasing repression from the government. In addition to this dispute, the railways and subway workers have been on strike themselves since last month. The length of these strikes and the support they're receiving from other workers is an indication of the anger that Korean workers have against a system that keeps piling the pressure in terms of higher workloads and declining living standards. Workers all around the world have demonstrated their solidarity to the Korean comrades, while the imprisoned KCTU leader, Han Sung-kyun, has received an international labour award. The outcome of these strikes will have a significant effect for Korean workers for years to come. And in Melbourne this week, in the long-running dispute at the CUB Brewery, workers marked the new ownership regime of AB InBev with a rally outside their offices to remind them that workers are still fighting. The dispute is part of a union-busting and wage-cutting attempt by the company, targeting 55 specialised electrical and manufacturing maintenance workers. The dispute is fast approaching its fifth month, but workers are standing firm with ongoing support both locally and internationally. The new owners, AB InBev, are the biggest brewers in the world, and this may open up new solidarity opportunities with workers employed at AB InBev facilities around the world. And still in uh, in Australia, in Victoria, uh, coming in the week of the commemoration of the Westback Bridge disaster, Westgate Bridge disaster, workers at the Geelong Ore Refiner, a regional city in southeastern Australia, uh, won their battle for better health and safety conditions at their workplace. The dispute only lasted a week as the workers, with help from labour activists and the local community, were able to stop access to the refinery. While not all issues are settled, workers are confident that they will not only be able to preserve their conditions, but also work in a safe workplace. And certainly those workers are calling that dispute a victory, uh, which, quite frankly, is good enough for me. Call that one a victory. Our last story this morning is from Yemen. Uh, Obviously, comrades probably know that there is heightened um, violence and war in in Yemen. More than 140 people were killed and at least 525 wounded last week when airstrikes hit a funeral ceremony in Sana'a in Yemen. And this is uh, United Nations um, information. Houthi rebels blamed the attack on the Saudi-led coalition and the US said it would begin a review of the alliance. The UN humanitarian coordinator in Yemen, Jamie McGoldrick, he said that aid workers were shocked and outraged by the attacks that hit a community hall where mourners had gathered. They called for an immediate investigation and said the international community must exert pressure to ensure civilians are protected. Um, so we'll keep, uh, uh, obviously, a watch on what's happening in relation to the war in the Middle East and bring you stories as we as they come.
It's 10 minutes past 9 o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents. I'm going to go to some community announcements and then... Um, and then we'll hear from that uh, from Walsan and that interview that Pierre conducted last night. Do you have a community event or campaign you'd like to announce on radio? Maybe your group would like to take a tour of 3CR and find out how community radio works. Are you in a band and would like to record a demo? Or maybe there are people in your workplace or activist organisation who would like to undergo media skills training. 3CR is a resource for the community and offers community announcements, station tours, studio hire and media skills workshops at affordable prices. For more information, contact 3CR on 9419 or go to our website www.3cr.org.au. VCR are selling kefir Palestinian scarves in support of the last factory that produces them in Hebron, Palestine. All profits will be donated to the reconstruction efforts in Gaza and support Palestinian industry. These are traditional scarves available in red and black or you can choose from a modern design. Go to 3cr.org.au slash shop to buy online or drop into the station during business hours. Hello, I'm Ben from Regurgitator. Stay tuned to 3CR, support community radio and your local music scene and subscribe now. Twelve minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. This is Asia Pacific Currents. Pierre Morrow interviewed Walsan Liam, the Director of International Affairs Department of the Korean Public Service and Transport Workers Union. She spoke. He spoke to her on the nationwide strike by truck drivers. It's linking up with the railways and subway strike, and generally with the workers' movement in South Korea. Here is Pierre and Walsan. What are the issues that the um, truck drivers have come out in uh, in South Korea since the start of this week? We have truck drivers striking uh, right now. The the main focus uh, or the most immediate focus of their strike is a government plan to that involves deregulation of the trucking transport market. So in particular, relaxing the regulations that limit the cap on license plates or on new trucks, which will bring more trucks into the into the market, leading to a race to the bottom and a drop in rates. So that's, that's sort of the impetus, but we have long sort of demands that we've been making for a long time, which are essentially three of them. One is the introduction of a standard rate system, which is essentially the same as the Australian standard uh, safe rates system. The second is to abolish what is called the GIP system, which only exists in Korea, but it's a system where owner drivers have to register their trucks with uh, trucking companies, which means that that gives the trucking companies a lot of power over them because the, if the registration of the license plate gets taken away from a driver, then they can't use their vehicle. And so that that's a, a system that creates a lot of illegal 
uh, actions by transport companies and a lot of unequal relationship that's very unfair for the drivers. And then the third is for uh, trade union rights. So our our drivers are owner drivers, and so they technically, by Korean law, don't have the right to form trade unions, the right to collective bargaining, or the right to strike. So those are the main issues, and I'll just say that it's very similar to what you hear in Australia, that because of low rates and the pressure uh, put on drivers by clients at the top of the supply chain, they're forced into dangerous driving practices such as overloading, speeding, driving long hours, driving while fatigued, driving at night, and this leads to both a lot of hardship for the drivers and their families, but also uh, thousands of accidents and, and deaths, road, uh, truck crashes on our highways that are affecting not just the truck drivers, but the entire community. Um, and so we say that we're fighting for rights for truck drivers, but also safety for the public. We can certainly un- understand that because it's something that, like you said, not only just in Australia, but in a lot of countries around the world, this race to the bottom by the trucking companies is is quite vicious. In terms of the ability to form a union is one of the issues. Mm-hmm. So how many truck drivers are involved in this action? And in terms of percentage of trucks in South Korea, like how, how big is this action in South Korea right, right. now by the truck drivers? Our membership of truck drivers is about 15,000. That's only about 4% of the entire market. It's hard for us to know exactly how many of our members and also non-members participating in the strike who are participating and not participating in the protest. We assume that that's... You know, it's the majority of our members and then some non-members who are participating but, but maybe not coming out to protest. In the large protests you've seen, we've had several thousands participating. And then what is important in terms of, so our membership is a small percent of the whole market, but we have about 30% uh, membership in container transport, which is a really important part of the Korean economy because the economy is very much based on exports and imports, which is often, you know, transported in large containers. And so that's, that's where a lot of the strength uh, in our membership lies. So is there an effect that companies are now seeing? There's definitely been an effect in different regions, particularly around Busan and then some of the other areas where there are manufacturers who are using transport. The government has been trying to put out the position that there hasn't been an effect and that things are fine, but we, we know that we've been able to stop uh, some of the transport going in and out of the port. And part of part of the reason that the impact is maybe not as, as great as we would have hoped is that the government has done a lot to prepare, including bringing in 800 substitute trucks, uh, so strike breakers, uh, including military, and then also a massive police crackdown on the people who are participating in the protests, which is difficult to particularly mobilize non-members to participate in a strike when you see dozens of workers getting arrested. We've seen some of the pictures of Mm -hmm. the truck drivers being arrested and some have been injured. So what laws are they using or is it just the fact that they're picketing and they're on strike that they're being arrested for? The police are surrounding our protests and saying they're illegal protests and Uh, saying that we've crossed police lines and things like this and using this as a reason to massively crack down on the protests that are going on. And in that process, there have been, 
you know, obviously injuries and some clashes with the police that that have led to we have six workers who've been injured and and three now who are in the hospital, uh, as well as 54 arrests. One of the characteristics often that the government uses to repress is actually to target the leadership of the union. Has the leadership been targeted so far? There are some of our local leaders who are being targeted, but right now it's more just a crackdown on the on the protests going on. We, you know, at some point in the future, it's it's likely that we'll see a targeting of the leadership based on uh, charges of, for example, organizing illegal protests and the like. But that hasn't that hasn't started to happen yet with the the truck strike. It has happened in the rail strikes. So we have charges against 19 leaders in the Korean Railway Workers Union for obstruction of businesses and summons by the police for nine of those officers. Yes, we actually carried an interview a couple of weeks ago on the the railway subway workers strike, which is still going on in, in South Korea. So has there been um, linkages between do these two group of workers? First of all, they're both part of the KPTU, and so there is, no, clearly they each have their own demands and are fighting and, and on strike around their separate demands, but I wouldn't say that the timing is entirely a coincidence, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so there's, there's a reason yes. the strikes are happening at the same time. And, and then there's been solidarity back and forth. So, for example, on the first day of the truck strike, uh, one of the main rallies was at the Wuang ICD, inter, the Inland Container Depot, and we had about 500 rail workers come and participate in that rally. And it's a little hard for truck drivers to go and participate in rail unions rallies at this point because they're very much focused on their, their specific, the logistics hubs and their the clients that they're protesting. And, and so that hasn't happened, but the, the rail union has, has come and participated in their rallies as well as um, other acts of solidarity such as sending like hundreds of, of bottles of water, which is really important for these workers who are camping outside and the like. And, and other kinds of, of donations uh, like this. And then really kind of one of the more most moving things is we had a few days ago four of the arrested members and local leaders. There were The police had made applications for detention warrants for them, so that means that if those warrants had been accepted by the judge, they would have been held in prison until trial as opposed to released after 48 hours. And we had we put out a call for submission of petitions to the judge to show that there's support for these workers and that um, to call in the judge to make a, a wise de- decision and let them out. And the rail union uh, members participated massively in sending petitions. So we had over 9,000 petitions submitted in a matter of six hours. And I, I can't say exactly how many of those members were rail members and how many were from other unions, but it was it was a very big piece and we actually were able to get those four workers out. So that kind of solidarity has been really important. Well, that sounds like a piece of good news and it really ties into my next question because the South Korean working class, um, I mean, from November last year, there's been ongoing strikes, demonstration and protests. So there mm-hmm. seems to be a lot of activity going on in South Korea among workers. So do you feel, do you see that other workers, especially other organised workers in other sectors, are very uh, supportive of these two strikes? Yes. 
first of all, with the public sector strike, so we have done a lot of work to make sure that the public and other workers who are not in the public sector understand that the issues in that strike are not just about wages, it's about fighting off a system that's going to lead to a reduction of public services and possibly to safety risks in the railway um, and is tied to privatization. And we've got a lot of support from the public, both other unions and civil society groups that understand that this is, you know, it's not specific, it's about the entire public, right? And so for that, that reason, there's a slogan that says, you know, it's okay if we're uncomfortable, meaning, you know, public transport is moving slowly. It's okay that we're, we're inconvenienced by this. Please, please keep going on with your strike. And, and that's been the response of other workers. With the truck strike, we, it happened really quickly. And so we've had more difficulty getting the message out. But again, you can see with that, the petitions, the number of petitions that other workers submitted uh, to get those four of our members out of jail, that there is a lot of solidarity. And we also see from other workers like coming to visit the, the strike encampments and sending in you know, food or sending water to the, the striking workers. And so we know that they've got a lot of support, even though it's been, it's been more difficult to get the message out about what they're doing. And certainly from what I've seen, there's been a number of, of workers and organizations internationally that have expressed the solidarity with uh, your actions. Yeah, unbelievably so. We're really it? moved. <laughs> Fantastic. That's that's what we want from uh, international solidarity action. As a last question, and again, without wanting to compromise in any way, how do you see these strikes going in, in terms of the issues involved? Do you think that the, the workers are going to be able to uh, win some gains? The government's response to both of these strikes has been to completely ignore our requests for bargaining or to sit down and have a have a consultation with the government on the policies that we're talking about that's been true in the rail strike and also in the truck driving strike the truck driver strike and there's there's very little movement on that and at the same time the government has gone through incredibly detailed preparations for how to respond to the strike to bring in strike breakers to crack down on protests, to uh, charge leaders with obstruction of business and the like in order to kind of stick it out and not have to come to the table with us. And so that is a challenge for us. Definitely it's a challenge in both situations, maybe even more so with the truck strike than with the rail strike. So we're, we're definitely going to keep trying, and the, the plan is to keep going with the strikes until we get a response from the government. In the larger scheme of things, these actions and the actions of other unions and other workers are a build-up um, and about building on a lot of anger at the government and mobilizing that anger in the lead-up to the elections, the presidential elections that are going to happen next year. And in that wider scale of things, I think you can see right now that the government is backed into a corner and popularity ratings are dropping. And so in terms of our ability to maybe have some impact in on the political situation next year, I think these strikes are very important actions and are going to have an impact in that way. Thank you for that, uh, Wilson, for that uh, very good analysis of what, what's happening. And certainly I can speak for a lot of our listeners that we wish you all the very best and um, we hope that you stick it out and, and you win. Thank you very much and thank you for your solidarity. Thank you very much.
Well, if you listen to three, say, oh, clap your hands. If you listen to three, say, oh, clap your hands. If you listen to three, say, oh, yes, I know where you are. If you listen to three, say, oh, clap your hands. If you listen to three, say, oh, clap your hands. If you listen to three, say, oh, clap your hands. We'll check out the happy vibe. They're gonna ring up and subscribe. If you listen to three, say, oh, clap your hands. What? Who the hell is that? Clap your hands. What are you talking about? I ain't no elephant. Get out of here. This is handmade radio. In 2016, 3CR published a book to celebrate the station's 40th birthday. Years in the making, Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR, is a visually stunning account of the people and ideas that make up this dynamic station. At 300 pages, the book includes hundreds of images and over 50 features on programs, people, music and technology from across the decades. You can get your copy of 3CR's book for $49.50 at the station during business hours at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. Or online at 3cr.org. Get a piece of your own history. 3CR's Radical Radio is available now. Yeah, make sure you do get a copy of that Radical Radio book um, that 3CR produced this year to celebrate its 40th anniversary. It's quite an extraordinary book. It tells not just the history of the station, but because 3CR is a radical activist radio station. It it tells a lot of the history of the radical left in Melbourne and um a number of, and also the history of a lot of our um community language programs which connects to the international movement. Um a really quite an extraordinary book if you can afford it. But that does bring us to the end of the show. I should back announce that interview. That was Pierre speaking with Walsan Liam. She's a director of international affairs, the International Affairs Department of the Korean Public Service and Transport Workers Union. We will podcast this show so you can listen back to that interview at your leisure, listeners. Um, But as I said, it does bring us to the end of the program. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next Saturday from 9 o'clock with more news and current affairs from the Asia-Pacific region. Coming up next, though, is Palestine Remembered. Yes, we actually have a Palestine Remembered. Um, For those of you who settled into the vibe of Asia Calling, unfortunately, we're not bringing you that this week. We'll stay tuned to 3CR for the rest of the day. And uh, and as I said, we'll be back next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.